You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, last week we started this series on the fruit of the Spirit, I Vote For. And I, even though this is not a series on politics, although I do like the play, the look uh, that it might be political, uh, it's not. This is not a series on politics, but I did take a moment last week to talk about politics, and I had a few thoughts around how ugly America has gotten. Mean, rude, loud, opinionated, dare I say, ungodly. Uh, someone uh, sent me an article from Psychology Today from 2021, so it's a couple years old, and that uh, the title of it in response to last week's message was Lack of Maturity in American Adults, and I thought, man, that is so right on. And we wrestled with the idea last week that the problem is a lack of moral found- formation a serious lack of the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what this series is about, the fruit of the Spirit. And it's rooted in Galatians chapter 6, starting in uh, chapter 5. And I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, and I want to read a couple of the verses here to set our stage for today. Verse 16 says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. If that's not circled yet, it should be, or highlighted in your Bible, that is a great verse to hang on to. A few verses later in 22 and 23, it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And let's say it together. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This would be a great set of verses to memorize if you haven't memorized them yet. And we mentioned last week that these are describing a single fruit, not several fruits. It's really several character traits that make up the fruit of the Spirit. And then at the end of that little section, verse 25, it says this. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That is a challenge. Every part of our lives should be affected by what we're talking about this fall. We want to grow this fall personally, and we want to devour the fruit of the Spirit. Just as a a fruit, I'm sorry, a tree is known by its fruit, so the spiritual fruit manifests the Holy Spirit's work in God's people through a refinement of character. And if you need some refining this fall, uh, let's just acknowledge that we all do. Come on, let me see your hands. If you're saying, yep, that's me, you're in the right place. We need this, and we want to get ahead of what's happening in our culture for sure. So last week, we started the series talking about the fact that we vote for love first. And out of love is a fountain uh, that will flow into all of the others. They're all connected. John chapter 13, verse 35 says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It is rooted in love, not by 
how we're dressed or what our speech is. It's our character day in and day out when we're rubbing shoulders with people. That is what makes the difference. And the thing is, it's nothing we can do on our own. We don't produce it ourselves. No. In fact, if we try to do that, we are left, uh, left very short, empty, bankrupt, without the love that Jesus puts in us. It's Jesus living inside of us. That's when there's fruit. That's the bottom line. And last week, we tackled um, love. This week, we want to tackle two more of these characteristics, joy and peace. And when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, I just want to declare this. There will be joy and peace in your life. And I know in our prayer time, and Pastor Jamie uh, was kind of taking a pause and, and acknowledging that, uh, it's so true. There's peace. There's joy. It's because the Holy Spirit puts it inside of us. And just by the way, next week, we're going to be talking about patience. And I can't hardly wait. Thank you. I knew it. See, I knew it would be a good one. I knew it would be a good one. All right. Let's jump in. Joy and peace. And by the way, Pastor Jessica in the back is doing my slides. <laughs> I love it. Uh, she's not really a pastor, but you can call her that. That just makes me happy. It, it just puts a smile on my face. Uh, thanks, Jess. All right. Joy and peace. There's several places in Scripture that joy and peace are put together. And that's kind of why we uh, put these together for today. I did realize I was literally cutting pages out of my notes this morning um, because there's so much. We could have taken a week for each of these. Galatians 5.22 says there's, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That's one place. Romans 14.17 is another place we see those two combined. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living uh, a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of the old timers uh, in the room might remember uh, Ron Canoli. Anybody Ron Canoli fans? I guess not here. All right, never mind. I'm not even going to go there this service. It didn't go well for a service. I thought, well, maybe someone would know. Look it up. Ron Canoli. Oh, maybe I should just do it. There's a song that I remember singing. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. And there's a video about it. You can look it up on YouTube. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Oh, thank you. Sing it out. Don't you want to be a part of it? Don't you want to be a part? And it, I'm telling you, they're like dancing around. And then it, it, it's, a, um, it's you, me and Melissa, we got it. Anybody else? Come on. You heard this. No one? Thank you. One more. Can I get another one? Thank you. Yes, Ted. But yeah, I know, I know. You didn't want to admit it, but I made you. I made you. All right. So there's places in Scripture that joy and peace are connected. That's one of them, Romans 14, 17. Another one, Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's the Holy Spirit that brings the power. He's the one that does that. So what I want to do, I want to talk about a lack of joy, a lack of peace, and then I want to talk about what joy really means, what peace really means, 
put, bring it all together, that's where we're headed in the next few minutes. So let's talk about a lack of joy. The enemy would love to steal your joy. That's a fact. And it, when he does, and when we allow that to happen, it has huge impacts. So what steals our joy? I did a lot of study on this. I think you can boil it down to three main things. Uh, and there are others, but worry and anxiety is one that's huge, especially today. Stress will steal your joy. And fear, an uneasiness, uh, fear will steal your joy. And without joy or a loss of joy, it can be a mental health issue. And uh, Harvard Health Publishers in 2022 uh, talked about that at depth and, and kind of really, uh, there's, there's an article that was excellent about that. But they acknowledged that it can be a normal response to, uh, excuse me, a lack of joy. They recognize that we all will face multiple severe trauma or loss throughout our lives. Health problems, losses, breakups, housing challenges, natural disasters, the list can go on and on. And so it can be a natural part of our lives. It can certainly be a mental health issue as well. But we want to talk about this lack of joy. And what about where we live right here in the United States of America? There was a picture I saw uh, in an article uh, from the World Happiness Report done in 2019. This is a real thing, I promise. Uh, there's a picture here uh, from 1973 to 2016. There was a study, and look at it. It starts off measuring the joy or happiness in America, and there's a steady decline, ups and downs. I do want to acknowledge that in uh, 73, it was up, maybe down, but in 76, when I was born, my parents had a lot of joy. And then it's gone down since then. I don't know why. Not because of me. But, um, but anyway, you look at this and you think, oh, man, this is a problem. And the fact is, this is not exaggerated. We can all feel it, can't we? But we are not of this world. This should not be our story. We are called, in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, to always be joyful. And yes, there's a lack of joy in the world. That's one thing, but it should not be true in the church. Can I get an amen? amen? So there's lack of joy, lack of peace as well. And again, the enemy would love to steal your peace. And when it happens, when it, that's, that our peace is gone, it has huge impacts. What steals our peace? When you try to control someone or something, how many know there's a lack of peace? Financial stressors, debt, Dave Ramsey talks about uh, financial peace, right, uh, FPU. How about attitudes, when you think you're better than or you start comparis comparis the comparison game, excuse me, or there's anger or relational stress or addictions and many other things can cause a lack of peace. What about America? You say, all right, we're, there's a global peace index, the GPI. It's done every single year in 2023. It's 98 pages long. I read all of it. I actually just summarized it. But it, uh, it recognizes 163 countries out of the 195 countries in the world. And it measures the peace index for each of those. Where are the 32 at the end that weren't included? I don't know. But can you guess with me? 
the most peaceful country on the earth? Just yell it out. What do you think? Australia. All right, I don't hear it, but I got some good guesses there. Iceland, because there's only like six people there, I guess, right? All right, so Iceland, way over here on this side of the stage, is going to represent the most peaceful. On the other side, the 163rd, guess which country that was the least peaceful? United States, no, but we're going to get there in just a second. What else? North Korea, China, good guesses. Afghanistan, 163rd. And you think, okay, where's America in this? Do you, do you think we're closer to one or closer to 163? What do, you, what do you think? Just give me a little point. Like, just point me this way, point this way. All right, uh, most people are pointing this way, and you would be right America ended last year, 2023, 130, 131 out of 163. That's insane. And this problem is not new. It says in the report, the the 2023 report shows the world has become less peaceful for the 13th time in 15 years. And how do you combat that? You throw money at it, you increase your military force, your healthcare focus, housing, education, and all those things may help. But when there's a lack of peace in the world, those things aren't going to help. What we need is Jesus. And we're going to talk about that. It should not be the same for the church. John 16, says this, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. That's an encouraging verse. <laughs> but actually, that's the middle part of the verse. Let's look at the verse in its whole. John 16, says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's Jesus talking. See, life is going to have its ups and downs. And as believers, we need to get ahead of this and be filled with joy and peace. And what's tragic is that there are many Christians that will have a smile on Sunday They'll have their customary greetings, but too many Christians are caught up in fear and challenges and failures and resulting in a lack of joy and peace. So we want to look at these things. Let's look at the first one, joy. Worldly joy would be described from Webster's Dictionary, a feeling of great pleasure or happiness. And happiness and joy are often linked together. But let me just say, happiness is external. Uh, it's, uh, it's from a gift received. It's temporary, uh, circumstantial. And there's nothing wrong with happiness. Uh, it's just not the same as joy. Joy is more internal. It's given to us by Jesus. And it's really, it's our choice to be joyful. We'll see that in a second. But the truth is, is that joy does not always look happy. Even Jesus was a man of suffering, was a man of sorrows. We sing a song about that. There's places in Scripture that says we weep through the night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. And so what is biblical joy? It's a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on whom we are or what is happening around us. And I love this part. Joy 
comes from the Holy Spirit abiding in God's presence and from hope in his word. That's biblical joy. It's not from our effort. It's from the Holy Spirit, from his word. And the great thing about joy, we can have joy that is independent of our circumstances. Now, there are some practical helps with joy. A Harvard study by Stephanie Collier a couple years ago uh, did a great little article I read this week. It talked about physical fitness and volunteering and meditation, discovering something new uh, or paying attention to the good. All these things are good things, but how many know that Christian joy, true joy, is unique? It's a decision that we make. It's rooted in salvation, and that's when the blessings come. Joy. Now, Nehemiah in the Old Testament, some of you are familiar with the story. They're building a wall and uh, rebuilding a wall, and Nehemiah, they're at the point by chapter 8, there is disaster, there's a lot of opposition, and they take a break, and Nehemiah says to the people that are building and to the troops, he says this, go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. So he's saying, look, we're going to take a break, we want you to eat and, and enjoy, drink, but also sharing, I love that, This is a sacred day of the Lord. So they're going to honor the Lord. And then it says, do not be dejected and sad. Why? For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah's pep pep talk should speak to us. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not dependent on your circumstances. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. You're saying, really? Great joy? Pure joy? Yes. And in Philippians 4, 4, it says, Always be joy or be full of joy in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. So it wasn't even good enough to say it once. He says, rejoice. Again, I'll say it, rejoice, double down. And the thing I've noticed is that when there are people that are filled with joy, biblical joy, real joy, they're some of the most stable people I know. It's just true. Joy-filled people are stable. And we want you to be stable, and we want this church to be stable, and this community to be stable. Rick Warren says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be right and the determined choice to praise God in any or every situation. And the cool thing is, Satan cannot handle truly joyful believers. It drives him batty, drives him crazy. So I want to ask you a question. I want to lean in and ask you this question. Those who are closest to you in your life, would they say that your life is filled with joy? It's an important question. Again, behind the smile and the customary greeting of too many Christians is all kinds of fear and challenge and failure resulting in a lack of joy. 
Well, let's talk about peace. What is worldly peace? It's a freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Uh, often you think about war and turmoil, a lack of peace, right? Uh, then there's peace treaties, hundreds of peace treaties that you could study uh, across the world in the last several hundred years. Uh, the culture we live in wants peace for sure, but they don't always know how to get it. And so let's turn our eyes to godly peace. Uh, I love this little phrase. It's a state of wholeness. Simple and quick, biblical peace is a state of wholeness, a supernatural gift that transcends our circumstances. So you can be sick and down and out, but still have peace. There can be strife in your life, in your family, with your work situation, but there's still godly peace. You could even show up to work and lose your job be fired, and there would be godly peace. You could go through a divorce and still have peace, a godly peace, or a death of a loved one, or the rejection of an alcoholic parent, and still have peace. Peace is absolutely possible. What does God's Word say about peace? There's a lot of things, but Philippians 4, 7 jumped out at me this week, says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live, let's say it together, in Christ Jesus. It transcends all understanding. It's rooted in Jesus Christ. John 16, says, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. That's Jesus talking. Here on this earth, you will have trials and tribulation, right? Sorrow. But take heart because I have overcome the world. It's not money that is going to solve a lack of peace. That's for sure. Andy Stanley says this, peace is a fruit of the spirit, not a byproduct of accumulated wealth. John 14, 27 says, I'm leaving you with this gift, Jesus again, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Peace does not come from a program or a philosophy. Peace comes from a person. It's from surrendering to God. You give it to God. And then there's peace. The song we sang this morning about Jesus, uh, I was just reminded first service, and, and uh, wasn't planning to mention it, uh, but I did both services now, that Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there is peace. When I couldn't fall asleep when I was a kid, my parents would tell me at times, just go back to your room and just repeat the name of Jesus over and over. And it's kind of like counting sheep. I'm sure there's a psychological reason that I'd fall asleep. But let's just acknowledge, when you invite the name of Jesus into your room over your circumstances, what rushes in? The peace of God. Absolutely. So, and by the way, if you don't give it to God, you're responsible for your own peace and none of us can hold the weight of the world. We were not designed to. Jesus comes alongside. He does the heavy lifting. In church, joy and peace filled people are stable.
just like joy, if peaceful people are stable people. Some of the most stable people I know are full of joy and peace. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I realize that this morning we've already prayed that, that there were some that had a need for joy and peace, uh, that just a darkness in our lives. And uh, Caleb uh, reinforced that by going back to Isaiah and the, the scripture there. And uh, I just believe that God is at work to bring peace and joy and love into this place. Remember, these, all these fruit, they're tied to love for sure. And I just want to say that joy and peace are the natural, or should I say supernatural, responses to believing the gospel story. The gospel story is simple, that we are all sinners we cannot save ourselves, but God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe, put their faith in Jesus, they would be saved, right? They would not be lost. They would have eternal life. And today, before we move on and, uh, and address uh, one final piece around peace and joy, I want to just read this. The bottom line is this. The joy and peace that comes from knowing that my account with God has been settled, that my debt has been canceled, and that my account, as it were, is in a favorable balance on account of who Jesus is and what he has done, has huge weight in our lives. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, if you are here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we want to offer you the free gift of salvation. It's here. It's available. And all you have to do is receive it. And this morning, it's quite possible that you found yourself here without a relationship. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you've walked away and you need to come back to the Lord. In all of those cases and more, if you're online or here in the room, with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed here, you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I need that relationship. I need salvation. Would you just lift your hands, second service? Who is God speaking to? Who is God drawing back to the Lord? Yes, we got a young man here. Uh, anyone else? raise your hand just to join this young man. You can put your hand down. Uh, anyone else online, you can put in there in the chat, I need Jesus, and we will follow up with you 100% of the time. For the sake of this young man here, I've got another hand back here maybe. Thank you. Looks like we have two. For the sake of these two, I just want to lead us in a prayer. And it's not the words of this prayer that will save you. It's believing in your heart. Would, could we just say together, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Please clean me up and make my heart clean. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I'm putting my faith in you. Help me today and every day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. For those two, we'll follow up with you for sure. I want everyone to stand.
I realize that there are some today that raised their hand earlier saying they felt like they're in a dark place. Certainly this message complements that. But there are others of you that as I preach, you're realizing that you have a lack of joy, a lack of peace. And as we sing this final song, I want you to be thinking about joy and peace and how it relates in your life. Not only do we need these supernatural gifts, what happens is when we have them in our own lives, we don't just keep them for ourselves. There's something that happens. We become peacemakers. We become peacemakers. It's the byproduct of the fruit of the Spirit. People of joy and peace. And so let me ask you this question as we sing and reflect. Would those closest to you say that you are a peacemaker? See, again, it's not something we hold on to. We are called to be peace, to bring peace. Paul is writing to Christ, about what Christians should look like, the characteristics, and in increasing measure, joy and peace, linked with love, makes us peacemakers. And so the charge for each of us today that you can be a peacemaker. You can add value in a messed up world. You can exhibit peace and joy, especially in difficult times. And the ultimate result is that you will be stable. Others will see your stability. You will bring stability into the areas of life where you are rubbing shoulders with others. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this truth. I love, God, that you bring the the love and joy and peace through the Holy Spirit together. It's a sign of maturity, wholeness, soundness, wellness, completeness. And God, I just pray in increasing measure that you would fill us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, all God's people said, amen. 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 Let's worship the Lord. first service when we were singing this song I felt like the Lord put something on me and I don't know if it was just for me or if it was uh, to share um, but I'm up here so I'll share it and it's um I think sometimes we confuse stability with stagnation and we can think stability is boring or we can think uh, when we're stable that we're not moving but let's not confuse chaos with growth or chaos in moving in the right direction. Uh, that sometimes uh, we actually work our way into a storm and into a chaos instead of just being stable and trusting the Lord and who he is. And I'm also thankful that when it talks about us being peacemakers, that we get to be peacemakers because someone entered our chaos and our storm and our instability and our sin and our filth and our wreckage, and he was the Prince of Peace, and he brought peace to that situation, and he's our firm foundation so we can build our life on him, and it allows us to enter other people's mess and other people's filth and to be people who bring peace as well. So let's think of that as we leave uh, this morning, and let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you. That you are our shepherd, 
and you lead us beside quiet waters, that you restore our soul. Lord, and I pray for any person here who's going through a storm or going through chaos or, 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 or calamity, Lord, and they're just looking for peace. They're just looking for joy, Lord. Help them to cling to you as their firm foundation on the rock upon which they build everything else. Lord, and we thank you that you have entered our chaos, that you entered our chaos when you came, that the God of the universe chose to be a man, walk among us, live a sinless life and die the death that all of us deserve, Lord. We thank you that you've entered our mess. Lord, and you showed us a way out. Lord, that you brought us peace. Lord, that you've led us into freedom, Lord, and let us not take that for granted. How can we walk around as free people living in your peace and your joy and not share that peace and joy with others who need it most? So, Lord, I pray that you would stir in our hearts to leave this place as peacemakers, that we are going out into a battlefield of chaos, of destruction, of hate, of division. Lord, let us be peacemakers that allow our own peace to be disturbed, to bring others peace, that enter people's chaos, to bring stability and hope only through the Prince of Peace. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're not only the King of Kings, but you're the Prince of Peace. And as we go and leave this place, that you will go before us, behind us, and all around us. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Make sure you're here tonight, 6 o'clock, over in the lawn. Bring a camping chair with you, and we'll see you then for the bonfire. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.